Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. This is a place where we share how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello and welcome to episode 19, From Dissatisfaction to Radiant Living. Today we are talking to Eleanor Miller. She coaches individuals to have the courage to live an authentic and meaningful life. She is a spiritual mutt, a neuroscience junkie, a coach, and a yogi. She uses both the spiritual and the scientific worlds to help the lives she touches to shift their perspective and live life with more ease, peace, and purpose. Eleanor's mantra is that no one needs correction and everyone can use direction. She is wildly passionate about teaching and inspiring others to use their perspective to benefit themselves and those around them. In today's episode, Eleanor will share her story on the importance of self-care and discovery and how her path led her to live an intentionally radiant life. And let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Show. Thank you so much, Eleanor, for being here. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Corinne. Thank you so much. <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. So on the Infinite Love Show, we talk about how love can transform lives and transform you. So we would love to hear what your love lesson is, like what happened in your life that brought you to your knees, that brought you to a place of deep surrender where you had to figure out how to transform. And in that transformation, you decided to help others along the way. All right. Um, I feel like my story is a little different. At least it's different from many other stories that I heard before. Um, I never hit rock bottom. Nothing really bad never happened to me. I never faced any huge challenge. Um, what happened to me is that I was living my life and one day it dawned on me that I'm a mother and a wife and a friend and a daughter and a daughter-in-law and an employee and a manager and all these things. And the mix of all that, I lost me. Mm. I didn't know who I was. I, I didn't know how to describe myself, my what makes me excited, what I love, all these things without attaching it to being somebody's something. Um, and that really, uh, it, was, it, it created a really strong feeling in me. It, it, it really blew my mind that I got lost. And um, I, I just noticed that I was going through the motion and I was not really, leaving life I was existing mm. and although my life was fine but I wanted more than fine and it took me a long time to say that out loud I want to be more than fine for the longest time I um, told myself to be quiet my life I mean there's so many other people that have it so much worse than than me how dare I even want more and I shouldn't complain, right? I shouldn't complain. Everything is fine. And I realized that the fact that nothing really bad happened or that I didn't face this big challenge or that I didn't hit rock bottom, 
that's my curse. That's my problem. And I feel like so many people are going through the same thing. Nothing is bad enough to make them change. So they keep existing. Mm. Um, I'll share a quick story. My husband's knee hurt really bad. And he had like a little bump on his knee. And he went for years. He went with it. Until finally, thank goodness, it becomes so bad. It was swollen. It was painful. Then he went to the doctor and fixed it. And I feel like most of us walking around with a bump. And for some of us, it will never get so bad. So right. for some of us, we'll forever go like this, like um, just letting life run us. So that's what happened to me. But I kept listening to that voice or it got louder and louder. And all of a sudden, memories from me as a little girl and having all these dreams coming up and, and people telling me when I was a little girl, oh, you're going to be something. And I'm like, hold <laughs> on, where is that something, right? So um, it, it took me a while of, of going within and feeling the pain and mourning the, the loss of all these years that I didn't do anything about. Um, and slowly, slowly having the courage to say it out loud, I want more, I'm worthy of more, I'm going to get more, I'm getting more. Um, and it started really small and really subtle with like, just like with my family, when I set boundaries and I showed myself that I'm worthy of more. And all of a sudden my kids will stop interrupting me when I'm doing things because they know, oh, it's, she's, mommy's doing her thing. Mm. And so this little, like even time in the shower, I didn't have because I never cleaned it. And noticing the little changes that mommy's doing yoga, they're not getting into the room or mommy's doing this. And, and from like little things, I start allowing myself more. And I, I, I remember a few years ago, I told my husband, I'm going away for three days. I'm going on a little retreat. I'm taking my time for myself. I didn't ask for permission. I was not mean or bossy about it, but I just came with this, I already made the decision that I'm worthy of it, I need it, and I'm giving it to myself. And you're all going to have to figure it out. And they did, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, and then I started, it, it started going to the workplace where I, back then I was working in corporate America, and I was, try, I was, I was taking so much more than I, could, than I could do. So my performance not only hurt me and killed me, my performance wasn't as good as it could be. So I started believing that I'm not, I'm an, I'm an average employee, right? I'm not great, but I know I'm great. And I'm like, if there is a mismatch, a misalignment here, but I wasn't so great because I took so much upon myself. Um, and then I said, boundaries there. And I said, no, I cannot do that. And, and I stopped taking so much. And then all of a sudden, the things that I was doing were wonderful. And, and other people started seeing it. And I started getting more acknowledged. And I remember um, I used to go on vacations and, and take my phone with me and answer all the phone calls. And I remember the last vacation before I, I finally decided to quit my job and do what I do today, I left a voicemail on my work phone that says, um, hey, you're telling her, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not available right now. I'm on vacation for emergencies. Call 911. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I wanted them to know that it's not an emergency. They can figure it out. It's not life or death situation. Uh, and they found it funny, but, and it, it made them think, and nobody bothered me. It was my first unbothered vacation, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my story of like how this 
place in me that I was not nurturing me. I was not giving me love. I was so lost that if I can't find me, how can I give me love? <laughs> and I didn't know what kind of love I need and what kind of attention I needed. And, and from that place of setting little boundaries and giving myself what I wanted, I noticed how my body changed. I, I was overweight and all of a sudden I loved my body more and I cared for it and I made time to exercise more and to give myself better nutrition because now I was worthy of it. And I, I, I tell people all the time, it's not that you um, lose the weight, become healthy and then love yourself. No, no, you have to love yourself first and then you nourish your body and you, and you develop healthy habits and then you lose the weight and then you become stronger and leaner. I feel like people got things backwards. Um, so from that place of self-love, of discovering myself, everything changed in my life and when i saw the change i had to it's like when you watch a good movie or have a good experience in a hotel you just want to run and tell everybody <laughs> so th that's why i i started taking classes while i was um in my job for my myself for my self-improvement so i took a bunch of classes then and actually my first coaching classes um was from a rabbi in israel who taught me oh, wow. on the phone. We, we took a week yes we took a weekly class and it was really interesting. My, my learning is very um, diverse. I, I study from Buddhism and Judaism, and I love neuroscience. I study a lot from the neuroscience world. So I kind of combine everything, and I learn the things that are up there and the things that are so grounded here. And I, and I took everything and made it mine. And it took me to, I mean, it's an unending journey. It's not like right. I'm there and that's it, right? You never, you never get there. Um, you always want to move forward and further and forward. So um, th that was my, my, my little journey that, and, and that's what I hope to deliver to others that you don't need to hit rock bottom. And when there is a voice in you that's telling you there is more to you, believe it. If you've been in the same place for too long, challenge it. You're not meant to be in the same place for too long in any area of your life. And you're not meant to settle for anything it's, it's it's your life it's your book you're the author just write what you want and surrender to what will happen but at least navigate it to where you want it to go so. yeah and it's for some people like that listening to in, their intuition can be challenging and so i congratulate you for really honing into how you're feeling and listening so what do you do with your clients because now as your profession, you're a life coach, you're a yoga teacher, you do lots of different things. Is there something that you tell your clients on how to, or what's the process for them to start listening to their intuition based on your experience? So the first, the first thing I like to ask my clients or ideal clients is if they don't know where they want to go, because some people don't know. Right. I ask him, what do you not want to have that you're already experiencing or having? So let's start with what you're not liking. Because uh, some people are experiencing challenge that they want to overcome. Mm -hmm. And some people just want to go farther. But sometimes you don't know where that place is. So you start with what, if, what is the thing that you don't want to experience anymore? And if they don't know what that we're going so far to their biggest dream, there is like a meditation that takes you far, far into your like 
biggest dreams and when we talk about ideal day what is it i i've done an experience once or not an exercise once um and i and i wrote down my ideal day my dream day and it got me so hopeful and motivated it was beautiful and i was a newbie in the group when i sat with a group of people and we all did that and then they shared their day and then the next exercise was how much percentage wise of these days are you actually living today and mine was maybe 10% and there was 80% and 90% and I, and I was blown away. These people are living their ideal life. They made it happen. Mm -hmm. So what I hope for my client is to think about, create and envision that ideal life and then slowly but surely make the steps to get there. And the thing I work with most with my clients, like one of my biggest passion, um, or what I see myself as expert at is habit changing or habit creating. So learning how to create those little habits to make that happen because what define you is not what you think you are, what people think you are, what define you is the actions that you take. And for me, that's a big, big deal of like, what actions can I take? How practical? Because again, I like the, the dreams and the ideal, but I want to break it down to little practical steps that you can do um, every day and, 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 and measurable steps that it mm -hmm. can be practical and visible and real for, for most people. That's beautiful. So what is, what is something that you do every day for your own ritual of self-love? Oh God, I do so much. <laughs> um, I start, I, I, I wake up, I'm a, I'm an early riser. I wake up a little before five every morning and <clears throat> someday like right now with COVID, I don't go to the gym. So I go down to my basement or if it's nice outside and I do my morning exercise every day. I do at least 30 minutes of intense exercise. Um, some days I do yoga, but mostly in the mornings I do my intense exercise. Um, then I do my meditation and then I do my, I have a few questions that I answer every morning. Um, I'll, I have three that I absolutely love. So I'll share this three. Okay. One is, um, one is, um, what did I do yesterday that I'm proud of, that I'm excited about, that I'm like one accomplishment. The other one is what did I do yesterday that um, I wouldn't do today or that, or what I could have done differently. So always looking for room for improvement. And then what is my one commitment for today? Okay. So I answer these three questions every day and it helps me refocus, realign, re, um, um, redirect my day to where I wanted to go and look taking yesterday as my little lesson. I love so, that. And when I'm done with that, I do my meditation, I answer my question and I go review my day and then I go and wake my kids up. And, but I have two hours in the morning just for me. And sometimes I finish my to-do list and the three things I'm doing in the morning. And then I have an hour and I just sip my tea or do nothing. Or I, I, I give myself so much time in the morning um, free time. Mm -hmm. uh, that is for me, it's totally worth losing the little bit of sleep over it because it teaches me not to wake up and rush and let be led by the day, but leading my day where I wanted to go. So, I love it. So what time do you go to sleep then? I go pretty early. I go like 10-ish, 10.30 sometimes. So. Nice. Yeah, that's a really yes. beautiful thing. I'm working on, I used to be a morning person, then I went, went back to being a night person. So I want to go back to waking up earlier. I've been waking up at 6 a.m. and I'm 
pushing it to um, 5.30. Yeah. I think there's magic to the morning. Um, there's a special magic to the morning. I also have, um, I set my alarms twice for noon and 5 p.m. And then both times I stop for even five, no matter what I do, I try not to have calls or appointment at this time. Mm -hmm. um, like, and I take two to five minutes, like really short time to stop for a second, drink water, maybe go outside and get some fresh air um, and kind of see if my day is going the way I want it to go. It's so simple. It takes very short time and it helps you refocus because sometimes your morning starts and it doesn't go well. Right. You pause, remember to pause at noon and, and say, hold on, let me change that. Or I do it again at five. Let, let me see what I can do because at least, I mean, not at least, from five to nine, I can still, it doesn't have to be a work day. I can be with my family. I can be, still make my day good. Right. So I don't want any time to go to waste. Try to use whatever I can to make it better and better and better. I love that. And it's true. I mean, it's absolutely true. Like at any point in the day, you can shift your energy at any moment. It doesn't have to be a specific time at any time. You can just switch it and you can turn it to something positive and see the silver lining in no matter what's happening. I totally agree. I, I think no time should be wasted if, if we, if we remember, if we can be mindful about it and wasted doesn't mean, you know, we get to accomplish work stuff. It means yeah. Feeling the day, enjoying the day, yeah, liking the day. I love that. And so mm -hmm. you do, are you also, you also do yoga, so you, you're into movement. Do you teach yoga with your clients or do you have courses? Like how do you incorporate yoga in the work that you do? So until COVID, I used to teach in different studios around town. Mm -hmm. um, when COVID started, I taught a lot of yoga online. Um, I do incorporate it with my clients. I believe so much in the whole. So I really believe that movement and body is just as important as your mind, as your spirit. It's all come together. And I'll share a quick story with you. One time I went with my kids to the park and they were fishing and it was beautiful. The water was beautiful. There was beautiful trees and it was such a beautiful scene. And I needed to pee so bad. I could not enjoy it. <laughs> and for me, that was, that was, a, that was a demonstration how when your body is bothering you, mm -hmm. your mind cannot have peace. Uh, it's, I mean, you have to be in a very high level to get that peace. Um, and the same thing when, when anything, um, anything bothers you, like your finance, your health, like anything like that bothers you, you cannot, it's really hard. It's much more challenging to get to this peaceful, beautiful place. So, if we can avoid it by taking care of our body and, and letting the flow of our body and combining with the breath and all that go together and work together, why not? I think it's can it can I think things are way more simple than we make it. And if we'll just make all our system work together and nurture all the systems, we will be so much happier and better. Because we're everything. We're mind, right. we're spirit, we're body, we're everything. So you can't ignore one and, and think we're going to be complete. It's not going to work. I agree completely. So. I feel like the body is so vital to your spiritual and emotional health. And it gives us so many, so many clues. Like once you're able to fully understand the, what your body's communicating with you, it becomes easier to handle how to take care of your body in a completely different way that is nurturing and supportive of your emotional and spiritual growth and development. 
Yeah, absolutely. So true. I love what you said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like, what else do you, how, I mean, I'm so curious because I love your energy and I feel like you're so full of life. And so how do you incorporate, like, so what's your ideal clients? Like how you mentioned a little bit how you work with them, but what's your absolute mission and goal and purpose with your clients? So the, the, the top, what I'm aiming for, for them is to own their gift, mm -hmm. whatever that is, um, and to bring it out to the world. Um, to my, my tagline is because you're here for a reason. And I believe with my whole being is that there's nothing here that doesn't have a purpose, not even, you know, a little pen. Everything has a purpose, let alone human. And I see so many people walking around think, don't believe in that. So my, my, my hope when I work with clients, my, my deepest desires is for them to own that gift and to have the courage to share it out bluntly, to, to share it with, without apologizing. Because I, I believe this is what love is. When you take what you were gifted, whatever that is, and you fight all your fears and all the resistance and all, you know, you have to fight a lot to speak your truth. Right. And you put it out there for people in its rawness. That's love. Like this is, this is for me, when you give something from you to other people, and, and I tell client and I tell ideal client or people I speak with all the time, when you have a gift, when you have you know, the gift to sing or, or to talk to people and calm them down or dance or whatever that is, when you, once you acknowledge that you have that gift and you don't share it, you rob something from the world. It does not belong to you. Your gift does not belong to you. It belongs to the world. So your obligation and duty is to fight whatever is in you that's telling you not to share it and to put it out there because until you're, not, until you're going to put it out there, it's missing. And that's not fair to everybody around you. And, and I work with moms a lot and I tell moms, you use your kids as an excuse to not be more. You use your job, you use your parents, you use your health. Everything that makes you not be more is an excuse that you're using. And it's hard to hear, but it it's hard. the truth. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people, I think when people don't have obvious gifts, such as like singing, dancing, or something that's a, a money maker, so to speak, they downplay what they have yes. to offer. They're kind of like, well, I don't, I don't, I can't draw, I can't dance. Like they, and I, and then those are the people I find that they just don't know what their gifts are. Like, how do you work with people that don't know what, they don't have anything obvious that they can think of? Um, so when people don't have, cause I didn't have anything obvious. So at least, you know, I, I didn't know. Um, but I, I, so I asked myself, I removed the money situation because mm -hmm. sometimes when you, when you think, oh, cause that's what people say, oh, you can make money with it, do it. Right. That's not what I want to do. So what if right. I can make money with it? That's not what I'm here for. Um, right. So I removed the profession side. So keep doing what you're doing, but let's see what makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Because I feel, like you said, the body is big. If something makes you feel good, that's a signal you're supposed to do it. If something right. doesn't make you feel good, it's a signal you're not. And, and there, is, there is feel good and there is feel good, right? Because when you want to go work out, sometimes oh, I feel like doing it. That's not a signal. That's a resistance, right? <laughs> so you, you, know, so you, you got to separate between the two. Um, 
I, I like to ask people, what's going to make you feel good after it's accomplished? Mm-hmm. So if you eat that chocolate cake after it's accomplished, you're not going to feel good. But if you go for a run, usually after you're done, you're going to be proud. Of, that's the feel good I, I want to look for. I, I tell people sometimes meditation feels like death to me. I, I don't want to do it. It's like I'm trying to, and, and I meditate a lot, but I, I try to procrastinate on it. Like I fight it. But I know that after feeling is most of the time, amazing so that's what that's what i when i think about something it's like what's the after feeling going to do for you mm-hmm. so we will play with what makes you feel good like what do you enjoy uh, one of the first thing i like to do is make a list of 50 exercise 50 things that makes you feel good so people like for me it's like being in nature you know really present with my kids reading a book all these things and then we take and plug it into the schedule because we never schedule anything we, we, you'll be surprised how yeah. many most people, and myself included, uh, when I first did this, I wrote what I like to do, and I look at my schedule. There was there was there was a mismatch completely. My <laughs> schedule was full of needs to do, but and and when I work with my clients, like let's fill your schedule with what you like to do. One of the very important things that I'm doing is we defined what's the currency that counts. So I'll explain. Um, for as, as society, we're trained that success is when you do well in your career, when you make a lot of money, when you this, when you when you, maybe when you're married to uh, somebody from a different state, whatever that is, you know, mm-hmm. all these things is like success, um, and that's the currency that defines the success for them. And when I work with my clients, uh, I help them define what's success for them, and everybody gets to this to define the currency that counts as the way you feel. Right. The more I feel good, so that's what counts. And when that counts, everything changes. Because for people that career is in their height, their relationship may go down the drain or their health. But when feeling good is what counts, everything has to rise to that. Right. So you never let your relationship go down because that doesn't make you feel good. So you, raise, you bring that up. And then if your career goes down or your finance goes down, it doesn't feel good. So you bring that up. But n- none of them is on the top priority. You're always leveling everything, like try to balance all that because what counts is the way you feel. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do in our work together is what makes me feel alive, good. Whatever feeling they're thriving for, uh, affluence, abundance, whatever that is. Yeah. And then we plug this action. And that's like, that's what I said at the beginning, your action define who you are and it's your habits. So how are we plugging into the schedule so we can feel more of that? Because people, they love, I mean, as, as human beings, I remember when I was, when I started practicing yoga and I told people, I feel amazing. It feels so good. And they're like, oh, good for you. Good for you. And then my body starts changing. And we're like, what are you doing? I was like, I practice yoga. Oh, I want to do that too. I'm like, I've been telling you I feel amazing for months. But now that you see muscles on there, you see my abs, now, now you want to change. So as humans, we need this materialistic proof, like show me the money kind of thing mm-hmm. to believe it. But we forget that you can fake show me the money. You can fake all that. I can... You know, people do surgeries to make their body look different or they, or, or, or they do so many things. Um, my clients, that's one of the first things we establish and how is it going to look like? Because we want to find a way to be, to be able to measure it. Um, it's kind of challenging to measure how you feel. Mm-hmm. But once you pay attention to it daily, right. um, 
um, that's what makes your life elevate. And all of a sudden you feel like, oh, things are working out. Things are feeling better. Things, yeah. And, and again, for me, measuring is really important because I want them to keep staying committed to the process. Mm-hmm. You can do it for months and then one day you feel bad. And you're like, this is not working. Hold on, this whole few months, everything worked. So that's why I like to have ways to measure it um, with them so they can see a, a materialistic proof to everything. And I like to bring um, the body to it. I'd like to bring relationship into it. I like to bring their work into it. Because I want them to see how once once this is working, everything is like the root and all the branches. Um, so yes, this is how we're doing. I mean, I agree. I think that it's also very important to teach people that how to monitor their process because I do that a lot with my clients as well, especially with acupuncture clients. They'll come in and get acupuncture, and they're like, "Oh yeah," and then weeks later, you're like, "Oh yeah, my headache went away. I wonder why." I'm like. Um, You've been getting acupuncture for yeah. weeks, <laughs> you know, like they are then like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, you kind of have to remind people to take note of what's happening in their growth, because I think we all forget. And I've done that too, where I've take vitamins or I take supplements and all of a sudden I don't take it. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why I don't feel bad. I was like, oh, cause I haven't been taking mine. Yes. Whatever. We, it's good to be mindful of this actions that we're taking and monitor the, the change. I think it's really important. We do it all the time in the business world, but then we come to our life and it's like, we don't have time. It's not important anymore. It's not, it's not worth, worth taking the note. And I think the work is just one more tool to serve you right. as a person, to serve you, to feel good, to be productive, to give from yourself to the world. But it's, it's not, the reason you're alive. Um, and I think people forget that. So yes, taking notes. And, and I try, when I teach yoga classes, I always at the end of the class asking people to take notes of how they feel mm-hmm. and remember it next time when I don't feel like attending class. Remember, oh, that's the feeling I want to come to. So always the after feeling um, is what we're looking for. And, and sometimes there is a way, there's a time when you enjoy the process too, which once you get to the stage, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like when I do yoga, I enjoy the whole process most of the time. Or when I'm, when I'm running, I enjoy the whole run most of the time. But <laughs> it took me a long time to, to get there. It, yeah. it used to be a lot of convincing. Running has definitely done, I, I run as well. And I think the, the first mile, I'm like, why am I doing this? And then midway, then afterwards, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm in, you know, but yeah. it takes a while to, for me to get into a happy place. Because then the first mile, I'm like, I should have, I think of all the things I should have been doing. And, but it's so yes. good at the end. It really is. And then I can't believe it's only half a mile. I can't believe I it's only three quarter of a mile. <laughs> no. Yeah, running definitely is a mental, is a mental sport. For me, it definitely is a yes. mental thing because... I can trick myself in saying, oh, I don't, I don't need to go that far. I don't need to go that far. But then it's like, but my body can, but my mind is what stops me oftentimes. Like I haven't done big marathons or anything, you know, but I notice that my mind gives me more limitations than my body can produce. So I'm always having to remind myself of that. Like if my mind says, oh, only go half a mile, my body's like, let's go another mile. Like I have to always push, push, push. Yes. <laughs> yeah it's a good it's a good practice I, I can totally relate yes <laughs> it's a great practice because then you can apply it at a place where else my mind is stopping me sometimes in yoga I I make my student hold a 
posed for so long and I, and I talk through it and I tell them, don't believe that part in your mind that's telling you you cannot. Um, it's very tricky because you always can. You, I mean, it, a little more. I said, once you feel like you can't do it anymore, take three more breaths and then you're done. But I wanted to show them that beyond our breaking point, you can still go on. Right. And they probably can take 10 or 15 breaths, but three is, uh, it's just enough to show them you can. Mm -hmm. And I love when they do it. And I love when they like, I see their body shaking and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're doing it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Absolutely. I, lo I love yoga. That's, I think my, the pose, I used to do Ashtanga and the pose that the teacher would always push us would be the boat pose. And, mm. would, and I'd be like, I gotta, I gotta drop it. I gotta drop I know. it. <laughs> but I, but you know, I pushed past it sometimes. I mean, some days I was just like, I'm, I'm done, but it's, it's true. Yoga. Same here. I cast my teacher so many times and mm -hmm. I told her I love her afterwards, but I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like cursing their name. You're like, Why are you making me? Yes. But you know, it's interesting. Like <laughs> I often find myself blaming the teacher, but at the same time, it's my choice to be there. So it's like this. And to do the pose, right, you, can, you right. can stop the pose. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm like acting like it was really interesting for me to observe that mindset. Like I'm acting like the victim, but I'm choosing to do this. So why not just congratulate the teacher and just do it and be peaceful about it? So that was one of these things where I'm just like, oh, it's so interesting where our mind goes straight to the victim. Like you're doing something to me as opposed to being like, oh, I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to challenge myself. So I remember in those moments, I had to switch my mind because I'm like, wait, well, this is a choice. I'm choosing to be, push myself and it's okay. You know, but yeah, it was interesting. Or it is interesting. Yeah, the way my mind works and go to like victim mode is, is fascinating. So but... fast, so fast. Like, yes. you know, you're walking yeah. and you trip and all of a sudden you blame the street. It's your fault. It's like, is it? You know, it's... <laughs> so let's get into um, the infinite love questions. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you use love in your work? Uh, well, I, I, I see love as a huge motive in my work. Um, I start my work with my love to me. Of that, I want to make sure that I am full of love when I serve anyone. If it's, if it's when I write a post or I want to make sure it comes from a place of love and not ego or need for likes or need for the money or fear that it's not going to come out in a whatever way. Um, it takes, it takes a lot of thinking and mindfulness. Um, I think mindfulness is a better word to make sure that it's coming from a very pure place and it's challenging sometimes. And from that place to make sure that I have the love in me, um, my biggest part in the teaching is making sure my clients have that love in them towards themselves first. Because I work mainly with women and I can see how hard it is for them to fill themselves up first, to think about themselves. Like this, the word selfish comes up so much. Um, this like, I have to do this for that. And no, no. First of all, you got, if, if you want good stuff to come out of you, you got to put good stuff in you. Yeah. I, um, I always have in my mind, um, my angel said, I don't trust people um, who don't love themselves that tell me I love you. 
And then she quoted the African saying, be careful when a naked man um, offers you a shirt. <laughs> um, it's like somebody who, it's like a homeless who give you advice on finance or, or, or um, somebody that never worked out, give you advice on, on how to train your body. Right. To, to give love, you have to have love in you. Otherwise, there's something missing there. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part. Like everything I do with my clients has to come from a place of self-fulfillment and self-love so you can bring it out. You can share your gift with, with the world, with the world, if you if it doesn't come from a place of love, because that's gonna be fake. It's not gonna be the whole thing. It's not gonna be right. It's gonna, it's gonna be attached to many other things. I read once that somebody say that uh, love without conscience is a need, becomes a need. And I'm like, yes, if you're not mindful about your love and you make sure it comes from the right place, it turns into a need, a need for the money, a need for the likes, a need for whatever, a need for my, need to look like a good mom or for my children to whatever um so i feel like everything i do like i love is such a big motive in, yeah. in my work absolutely i love that and i also love that quote of my angelo and one of the things one of the quotes i i'm paraphrasing the things that she said was people don't remember what you said but they remember how you feel and yes. i have always felt like that's true. Like, I, I don't remember everything people say, but you remember if they made you feel good, like you feel, oh, that was a sweet person. Like, oh, like, you know, and I feel like that's always been so important for people to feel good the minute I leave the room or feel like, oh, Corinne, she's cool or whatever. And um, yes, and that's, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, if you don't love yourself, it's, it's really hard to love others for sure. All right, next question. How, <clears throat> okay, let's go, I'll skip to the second, the third question. What does it mean for you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? Um, I, I think when you take your strength, and I talked a lot about it, and your gift, and you bring it out and share it with others, this is being a positive force in the world. And the question before that that you skipped uh, was how do you serve humanity? And I feel like those two are very similar. Mm -hmm. uh, for many years, I felt like oh, it's such a big concept serving humanity and little me cannot do anything about it. And then I started my journey. It bothered me that I can't do anything about it. So I broke it down. Like I break down stuff on my client. If something is overwhelmed, we're breaking it down. So I broke it down what is that I can do? And we talked earlier about um, Mother Teresa and her quote is a mantra in my life that no one ever come to you without living better and happier yeah. because if I can make any person I just met, if, if, if it's a big smile to somebody at the street, if it's a kind word to the lady at the, at the grocery store for, for her helping me out so efficiently, if it's anything, little things or Stuff like that that can make anyone feel a little better. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the, the way to serve humanity. That's the way to be a good force in the world. Yeah. And what I'm hoping to do is teach my kids, anybody around me, my clan, anyone who I touch, um, to do that for others um, and mainly for themselves. Because once you do good, stuff happens, chemical reaction happens in your body and yeah. serotonin, right? Boom, you feel good. 
So I'm, 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 I like to say to people, be selfish and be kind. Because when, when you do act of kindness, you feel good immediately. So mm-hmm. do it for yourself. Like, um, so for me, being a, a force of goodness in the world is when you really take what you have in you, what you, um, A, take the time to figure it out, and B, once you figure it out, do something about it because it is your obligation to the world. So would you say that's your gift? Your gift is to help others realize their gift and to love others and care for others? Like, what would you say your gifts are? I think, so, yes, my my gift is to, I think, empowers the world or I, I see so much. I have this really special glasses and I see so much beauty in, in people. And, and sometimes like a friend will tell me, why are you even her friend or another person? Or what do you see in her? And, and, and I just see, I, I, I walk around and I see people's gifts mm-hmm. um, and I help and I, and with those who will allow me to talk to them, I can help them pull them out of themselves. I have a very unique perspective on many different things. And, um, I write a lot on social media, on Facebook mainly, and I share stories about my life and I bring my perspective and people are like, oh, that's interesting. That happens to me and that made me see things a little different. And so I feel like shifting perspective for people to see other things in a better way or in a more constructive or healthy way and seeing what's good in them and making it a reality, that's my gift. Oh, uh, I love it. <laughs> Okay. So what do you love most about your life? So I read that question and I thought a lot about it and I had all this answer, but the first and the most boldest thing that came up is the people in my life. I, I have, and I don't know if it's because I am who I am or because I'm so blessed and the right people came into my life, but I have had an amazing husband. I have, my kids most of the time are amazing. I can't say all the time, but I have wonderful siblings and my mother-in-law and father-in-law are amazing. And, and my, I have a close community of friends. I have my best friends. We've been together since she, we were five years old and we live in two different countries, but we're still best friends. So I have all these really amazing people in my life. And I feel like no matter what will happen with my life, the way my journey will go, this is my best gift. And definitely the thing I love about my life the most. Oh, I love that. <laughs> How do you feel you receive love? Oh, wow. in so many ways. I mean, it can be a smile. It can be a hug. It can be, um, what surprised me when I thought about this answer is what came up is when people ask me for help and people ask for my advice when people, uh, in need and, and reach out to me, I feel, I feel love. Um, um, so I, any almost any way of contacting between one another I feel love uh, does that make sense yeah 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 totally so what so you also so when do you feel love when you're working with clients in that way um yes when so I feel love anytime I'm, I'm talking I'm working with a client but I feel um the most love is when they got this aha thing ah. and they just want to say all this thank you words and they don't he's like oh my god and and they have all this like words to sing and they can't find it and and 
maybe a little thank you come up or, or I don't even, this overwhelm of like when you get this aha moment and you just want to drop everything and go do the thing you just figured out you want, you want to do. So this is where I feel so much love. Um, I feel love after a yoga class when I teach and the student come to me sweaty and before COVID we could do hugs and it was, I mean, it would be, it was amazing. Um, I feel love when I, when I speak or run a workshop and, and people come to me and, and appreciate me sharing my gift. Um, I feel like that's the moment when I feel the most love. And of course when I'm with my family um, and my kids behaving. <laughs> okay and my favorite question where has love created a miracle in your life so i thought about this one too and i feel like there's so many miracles are created through love i mean i think one of the biggest miracles is my marriage um we're, gonna, we're celebrating 15 years on monday oh, congrats. Um, so i feel like that's a big one thank you but i think what, what happened is when I went through my journey and I rediscovered love, um, I started remembering events in the past and, and they made me love even more. I'll give you an example. All of a sudden, I grew up in a really small town. And in our town, there was a little grocery store in the middle of the town. And there was an old man who was sitting there. He was, um, he, did, he, was, he was homeless, but the, the town built a little shack for him that he can stay. He had no wife, no children. So he was on his own. Yeah. And he would sit by the grocery store every day. And I remember how all the people in the, in the, in the little town would sit and come and talk to him and entertain him. And he would dance for the kids. And they would buy him stuff from the store. And the, the men of the store, the owner of the store, will um, hire him sometimes to do little things of help. And I remember when the man was sick, the whole people of the town went to visit him. They took turns to bring him food. And, and it's stuff that I saw when I was a little girl. But for some reason, when I did my journey, events from the stuff come up and I saw the love. So those were, that's where I feel like miracle because love changed my past. Like it, I really went back and saw so much love in my history. And it just made me believe that the world is so much better than I thought it was. And, and I feel like that, 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 that was my miracle. Cause I feel like when you, if something can change your past, that's a miracle. Yes. When you can have a new perspective on things that happen yes. to you and look at it from a different, completely different loving lens to see how it actually shifted your life. That's actually really, really powerful. And, and it actually makes me think like, wow, when you go back to your life, you're, especially when you're looking at it from a place of pain, you don't see the love and you don't see the, you don't, you're not grateful for the beautiful gifts that those moments offered you. Yes. So I feel like love can, it, 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 it does it all. The future, the present, the past, everything. It's just, it's just take it with you when you go visit places and, you, and you'll rediscover new things. That, that's what happened to me when, when, when you said miracle, I'm like, that's the miracle. <laughs> I love it. So how can the <laughs> listeners find you, how to work with you? Like, what's the details? Um, so I currently have a few offers going on, but right now I, I do the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Mm -hmm. um, they can find me on Facebook. I'm really active on Facebook on my website. Um, it's Eleanor, E-L-I-N-O-R, Miller.com. Uh, that's the website. And through the website, you can go to my social media um, and find me there. Um, 
I do group coaching right now. All my groups are full, <laughs> but after the New Year's, I'll have more group coaching. So mainly one-on-one. I also host book clubs, but the book clubs are full too, which is really fun. Oh, um, but you clubs. can reach out to me if you have. Yes, uh, we're doing a really fun book right now, and it's, I'm so excited about it. Um, well, have you read uh, The Firestarters by Daniela Port? Yes, yes. So that's the book club we're doing. Oh, well. cool. Yeah, I love her. She's like one of my favorites. Yes. She is. And she's so much love. She's yeah. absolutely a person that talks and brings up love. Yeah. So I do the book clubs. I do group coaching. And for that, you can reach out to me through the website um, or follow me on Facebook. It's Eleanor Miller Life Coach. Uh, I write a lot of inspirational things there and shares about my life and my perspective and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of love there too cool well this has been so amazing so enlightening i loved having you on the podcast thank you so much for being here thank you so much karine for having me i love seeing your smile throughout the podcast it made my day (laughs) so much brighter thank you (laughs) thank you thank you thank you (laughs) all right sending you lots of love have a great rest of the day Bye. Sending you love. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.